The Outskirts of Faith podcast is brought to you by Monkey Nut Audiobooks. Creating audiobooks, podcasts and voiceovers that keep people listening. The Outskirts of Faith! Hello and welcome to the Outskirts of Faith podcast, the podcast that is literally for everyone. It's a conversation that's been going around for around 2,000 years and the dawn of that conversation since the beginning of time. You are very, very welcome here. Let's see what's going on on today's episode. I didn't go to church for a long time. I didn't open up my Bible. I wasn't interested in like religious books. I just had to find some quiet and peace in my life at that. I had to step off the front line. I have to step out of the chaos and the conflict. All of a sudden, I felt God speak to me just really clearly. I looked up because I thought if there is a God, he's probably up. So I looked up and just said, hi, I'm Jill. So today I'm very excited because I've got a lovely person here who I have had the pleasure of working with before. She's a pilgrim, a guide helping people cultivate their spirituality. She's of course an author. She leads a modern day monastery at 24-7 prayer at Waverley Abbey, where we are actually today. Jill Weber, you're very welcome here. Well, you're very welcome here. So glad you could come and play in our backyard. (laughs) And it's beautiful here. It is, it is. We're really, yeah, it's wonderful. We just happen to sit on the edge of the Waverly Abbey ruins. Um, There's been prayer on this site since 588. It's over a thousand years of prayer. It's just a special, special place. That's incredible, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Let's let's talk a little bit more about what you actually do here. (laughs) Because I follow you on your social media and I sometimes see this prayer room and it's lovely. I see the guitars out. I see the keyboard out. I see people singing, their eyes closed, worship going on. It's fantastic. And I actually walk past that room and I won't lie to you. I got a little bit of excited because I walked past that. Oh, look, that's the room. That's the room. And I kind of wanted to go in. Tell us about what you actually do here and what people can do here. Yeah, I think our part of the project here at Waverly Abbey, the, the large project the overarching project is that we're renewing a new abbey for a new generation. What does it look like to dig around out some of the treasures of the ages and brush it off, have a look at it, say, is this going to be helpful for us in the here and now in today's culture? And so part of that, my part of that is cultivating spaces where people can connect with the truest parts of themselves and connect with the truest part of the one who has created them. And so we do that lots of ways. We have a a prayer room down in the basement, well, not in the basement, the main floor where people who don't know how to pray, it's like a classroom. So you're like, I have no idea what talking to God is all about. We're like, no problem. You could try this or you could try that or you could try that. It's just a little prayer classroom. Outside, we've created a a remembering garden. So it's actually, uh, we, we carved out of the bush and, and the bracken, these trails and all kinds of art installations to help people hold space with just what's going on in their inner world and invite God into that space. There's a college here on site as well. So we come alongside the students. We have a residential prayer community here. So we're like proper new monastics. Incredible. And, um, and so we hold rhythms of prayer for the college students to participate in. We help with the students in the classroom. And then we invite all of the folks in our neighborhood to come and pray. So really we're interested in helping people pray helping churches pray more, and helping churches pray together. Mostly people who just, you know, are, are, are new in their understanding of who God is and what talking to Him is all about. See, this is why I'm so excited, because I think you are perfect for the Outskirts of Faith podcast. I, I really, really do. So let's just say people right now, this very second go, well, actually, do you know what? I've been listening to this podcast for a while. I'm kind of hungry. I'm, I'm kind of loving what Jill's doing. 
what do they do? They just turn up? I mean, how, how does it work? You could just go to our website. So if you go to the Waverly Abbey website, which I'm assuming you'll put in the show notes, there's a section there called- Well, I am now. Yeah, you <laughs> are now. <laughs> there's a section called Abbey Life. And in that section, you could just look at all the stuff that we do. You know what else we do? We do jazz, which is another way to celebrate who we are and, and everything that's been created for us. And yeah, so you could just go to the website and look at all the different things that we offer in terms of prayer and retreats and courses to help you cultivate your inner world. You're saying about like the modern day kind of Waverly Abbey. I worked with Tom Wright, some people know as N.T. Wright, and something he said to me, because he was doing his new version of the New Testament, his new translation, is that it's really important that every generation, things are slightly reworded and adapted slightly so it can reach out to people. So we're not kind of hold on because the world is moving forward. Would you agree with that? And what do you think to that? Yeah, I think I think in particular, we have seen a quantum leap forward in the last three to four years. I think we can't ignore the effects of global pandemic and all its ensuing cataclysmic, you know, to the economy and global markets, etc. And so historically, whenever we've seen these global you know, events, really, these these shakeups that hits everybody in the world, probably the Second World War being the last one, mm. you see people asking all kinds of new questions about who they are, about the nature of reality, about the nature of, of how do we explore who God is, and, and how do we do that together? So we, just, we saw a lot of new activity after the Second World War, and I'm believing we're seeing a lot of new exploration and questions being asked coming out of this season of pandemic. Well, that's interesting because something that is popping up a lot within conversation that I'm having with different people at the moment is that there is this strong spiritual feel of a, of a movement, of, of something happening right now like you were saying, this sort of movement. Is there something that you're picking on? There's something special about right now? Yeah, I think so. And and I'm not seeing it everywhere, but I think what's come out of pandemic, you know, it's really interesting as 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 the COVID numbers rose, I don't know if you saw there was a, a paper done by a, a university in Europe that actually said corresponding questions in Google, the Google search of how to pray rose almost like in conjunction with the numbers of death toll, which is really, really interesting. And so people faced with, you know, any sense of security that we had, any sense of normalcy, any sense of being in control of anything, we lost. Mm. And so people began at that point to go, okay, well, if I can't rely on my job, my health, my economy, my infrastructures, what can I rely on? And, and then they begin to ask questions and, and to go on that quest, right? To see if there is something or someone out there who when everything else is shaken, we can hang on to and who can then hang on to us. And so we're seeing, I think, an increased spiritual hunger. And I think the other thing that we're seeing in terms of in the church in North America and in the UK, there's such a challenge around polarization where you know church and politics have kind of got messed up in really mm. messed up ways. And people are just going... Ah, I don't know if if that's that's certainly not what I believe, you know. And so so they're looking at how do I go back to something that that doesn't have um, just all the trappings of what our society and what our culture attaches to with regards to spirituality. How can I go on a quest and look for spiritual reality, you know, uh, divesting myself of all of that stuff that just feels a bit off and not true to what what we believe about ourselves and and the world. Does that make sense? Mm, it does make sense. It does make sense. And I feel that some people, they, well, a lot of people actually, they would happily reach out and say, oh God, please don't let that happen. But then 
they wouldn't necessarily take that further. They they wouldn't they would stop there. When the time comes, when when they feel they need it, they'll just say it. But they won't necessarily take that step to go. Okay, well, I am reaching out here. Why don't I do that daily? Yeah. So I'm curious to you. Now, I usually would have moved on so far because I'm so excited to talk to you and I love what you have to say. I'm staying here. Well, you're talking about the one moment of reaching out, right? They say there are no atheists on crashing planes, right? Your <laughs> right. plane is going down and everybody's going, help, right? And so, but when you land safely, you're like, eh, yeah, no, it's all, it's all good. I'm all good. <laughs> it's true. So what do you think it takes and what do people need to do just to say, do you know what? I'm reaching out here. I should take it further. What do you think? If they said, yeah, I'm going to do that, what is the next step to that? I think, I mean, if I were to give you sort of what I thought the right answer should be, I would say, well, give well us both. both answers. <laughs> okay, two answers. Number one, find somebody else who's on the quest and start having a conversation with them. Like mm. find some like-minded people. In the digital age, it's easy to find like-minded people online. You can find it. I think other things too that the digital world has given us is opportunities to kind of look in on or try to explore things like prayer, things like going to church from the safety of our own home. Like for <laughs> our church, we had a lot of people, all of a sudden after pandemic and we started coming back together, we're like, who are all you people? <laughs> like our numbers just went through the roof and we're like, what just happened? And there's a lot of people going, no, I just started watching it in my pajamas at home and then thought, you know, they, they don't look too crazy. I think maybe I'll show up. And so there's a way to kind of peek in now that's available to us that maybe wasn't in the same way before COVID because people continue to to make their various offerings available online. So I think that's one thing. Go have a peek or go have a conversation. Or the other thing I'd say is there's an app for that. Yeah, and, yeah. and part of the work I do with 24-7 Prayer is we've created this little prayer app called Lectio 365. Every single night. Yeah, you go. Yeah, to every, and, and you're sometimes on it. I've actually had the pleasure of, of uh, recording a couple of people for it as well. And I want to jump in here before you start explaining and just say, because <laughs> I, I was going to go there as well. I would really, really recommend this before Jill uh, carries on because it is such a wonderful thing to do. And you to even if like the evening, for example, you kind of wind down, it's something you can share with other people as well. And it, you sort of go to bed with this kind of, I'm not alone, I'm, I'm embraced, I'm I'm protected and you've got one and there's one for the morning as well and it's such a great way to start the day i just want to really shout about this and say <laughs> i'm all for this and there's a, there's a link on the website so you know you can go to the uh, outskirts of faith website and get that link but just grab your phone and, and put it in so please carry on i think i've given it a big shout out yeah i think i think the thing is the thing i love about lectio is it's short it's 10 minutes it's accessible and they teach you how to actually pray the Bible, which feels for lots of people feels super inaccessible. And so you're actually walking through a very short passage with someone and learning how to take that language and those concepts and kind of give them back to God. And um, anyway, I love it. We have story after story after story after story of people who didn't know how to pray, learning how to pray. People who didn't know how to connect with God, all of a sudden connecting with God. And uh, yeah. That's wonderful. That's really wonderful. So I would just want to say again, highly recommend it. Uh, I know a lot of people who do it. I do it. And do you know what? Even if you're on the outskirts of faith, listening in, you're on the tube and you think people think I'm listening to my music because I'm bobbing my head, but actually I'm listening to this podcast. You know, you can do it right now. You can just grab your phone and just put like two, three, six, five, bang, pop it in. And then you've got it. You know, it's an app. 
And while you're building up your confidence, you can even slide it into a little folder somewhere, but do it at night. Set a reminder, just a little reminder and go app and then just see where it takes you. Okay, we've got to move on because I was I talk to you all day. So we are talking outskirts of faith, as I just mentioned. So with all this work that you're doing, have you ever found yourself on the outskirts of faith at any time, being pulled there? Or if not, worked with people and, and seen people on the outskirts of faith? And what did that look like? Yeah, I had a time where I really, you know, fled to the edges. I had been full-time working for a church, been in ministry, and basically my life imploded. I, I have a history, actually, my family of with my first husband of domestic violence, and he would kind of was long gone, like, see you later, buddy, but kind of reemerged when our daughter was about 14 and was in a, quite a dangerous situation mm. there with that. And that coupled just with some other stressors that were going on with family issues, I basically, my inside just crumbled and I, and I burned out which is not good if your job's with a church. It's like, oh, right. awkward, you know? And so I took some time off. I took about, oh, golly, about five months off. And you know what? I didn't go to church for a long time. I didn't open up my Bible. I wasn't interested in like religious books. I basically, I had a little townhouse and I spent all day just by myself painting and decorating. And the back garden of my townhouse had like just grass and dirt and I made a beautiful garden but I was really cranky. I was really unhappy about everything that happened in my life and really trying to process. And I couldn't find any solace in the church at that time. Occasionally I would go to a church service and I'd sit in the back with my arms crossed, like as far back as I could go oh, yeah. and give people the stink eye if they got too close. I'm like, don't you be talking to me. Don't you even be praying for me. Just like talk to the hand, buddy. And most of the time I couldn't even get through a whole service. I just had to go sit outside. And I just, yeah, I, I think a lots of people at various times in their life, particularly if they have been through traumas and difficult situations, we can burn out, can't we? And yeah. then everything is hard. Connection with humans is hard. Connection with the divine is hard. Connection with our inner world is hard. And so that for me was a time where I was definitely on the outskirts. And you know what? I was, I was used to, you know, praying, having conversation with God. I was used to talking to him about how I felt and listening to his voice. And you know what? I couldn't pray. And I certainly couldn't hear him talking to me at all. Can I ask? So this interest, actually, we should we should cover that about church in a moment. But let's just say church wasn't right for you right then. Yeah. When you were gardening, which some people would find a very therapeutic thing mm -hmm. to do, were you finding yourself talking to God? whilst doing that. No, we're still mad at him. Still mad. So you just literally were like... <laughs> I'm like, I am not talking to you right now. You know, and, and actually, I just had to find some quiet and peace in my life. At that, I had to step off the front line. I have to step out of the chaos and the conflict. And I just had to get quiet. And I think it was... And it was months of being quiet and feeling like nothing's happening here. Nothing's going on. Before my inner space began to settle in clear enough that I could then begin to discern and, and get a sense of, you know, what was going on inside of me, but also who, and by who, I mean God, who was reaching down to meet me. So when did you make that decision? Just to clarify, when did you find yourself coming back to church, coming back to conversation? I'm not saying coming back to God, because I don't think that's the right way to say it. Coming back <laughs> to conversation with God. It took about five months. So yeah. it was five months just like, yeah, no, I'm done. Why did you suddenly one day... 
do that? I don't think it was sudden. I think it was a slow awareness. Oh no, there was a sudden. Okay. I remember, I remember. I remember I was sitting in my back garden and I was watching the squirrels. So in Canada, I'm Canadian, so, and we have these big, you know, that time of year, our squirrels get super fat because they're, <laughs> you know, winter's coming, right? And so they're, they're chunking up and these squirrels are just like, jumping and all over the trees in my back garden and stuff. And I was just sitting watching the squirrels and not thinking about anything, but sitting watching the squirrels. And then all of a sudden I felt God speak to me just really clearly in terms of something that he wanted me to do in the next season of my life. And I'm like, okay, hey, you haven't been talking to me for five months. And then all of a sudden you drop this. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't even happy about it. I was like, the thing that, that he invited me to do, I was like, no. I'm not interested. I'm still mad. And then over the course of a couple of hours of me sort of, mm, <laughs> my slow, my no slowly became a yes. And I think as soon as I gave God my yes, my heart that had been really shut down started to crack open a little mm. bit. And that was the journey back for me. Wonderful. And I think now's a good time to sort of say about how patient God is. Because people who will be listening to this and have either gone through or going through some tough times and and want to pull themselves away a bit. Mm -hmm. But I think it's it's nice to know that God is patient and always there for you. And you can just turn at any minute. And if that does take time, yeah, he's that's watching. okay, he's right? He's waiting, that's he's okay. holding, he's loving. Yeah. Whether we can perceive his presence around, in, and through us or not, he is always there. And he's always holding space for us um, and holding us in space, whether or not we perceive him. And uh, yeah, so we're safer than we know. I love that, holding us in the space. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I always think, I, I actually uh, have mentioned a few times that I think we should just make the Outskirts of Faith t-shirts and just have all these wonderful sayings that we're hearing. I love that, what you just said there. Thank you for sharing that story as well. So I have asked you, as I ask everyone every week, if to bring a bit of scripture with you. And it'll be great if you could just tell us what you've chosen, why you've chosen it, and then perhaps read it to us, please. Yeah, I've chosen something out of the Psalms. I really love the book of Psalms. First of all, they were the prayers that Jesus prayed. So I thought, man, good enough for him. They'll be good enough for me. Can we jump on this then? Okay, yeah. so tell us more about the Psalms. So the Psalms are in the Bible. They're in the Bible. So if you take your Bible and you let it flop open, <laughs> they're right in the middle, right in the middle. <laughs> it's that easy. <laughs> it's that easy. Just flop it open in the middle. And the Psalms are, it's Psalms are like songs. They're, it's a book of poetry and they there would have been music to them back in the day, but we didn't have podcasts like yours. So we can't remember the music. There was a bunch of people who wrote them. One guy in particular named David, he was just this prolific writer. And he just took his inside world and his conversation with God, and he just poured it out on the page. And people have been praying the Psalms, individuals and religious communities, since then. You know, it's an old, oldest prayer book. And the thing I love about it is the Psalms are super honest. You hear, they call them Psalms of Lament, like the moaning. It was like, oh God, why have you forsaken me? You know, <laughs> yes, and yes. why don't you attend to me? Why are you listening? <laughs> you know, I love that. That's in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just so honest. And then there's the, they're like, okay, life is good. You're good. It's all good. I mean, so there's, there's the highs and the lows and the in-between. And there's this, I think it's really interesting that none of that text was redacted. Like when people put the Bible together, they kept it all. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. is messy the book of Psalms, which I love because you know what? 
my life is messy. Yeah, my life too. I was just thinking <laughs> that. Isn't it, isn't it great to know that this book is just such a true representation of how we are in our day-to-day lives. Absolutely. You can always find yourself in the Psalms, no matter what yeah. kind of mood you're in. You just keep reading through and you're like, nope, nope. Oh yeah, right there. <laughs> yeah. So what have you chosen for us? I have chosen Psalm 4. There's how many? 150 Psalms. So yeah, so this one's the fourth one. And verse three, it says, Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. And what that means to me is that I belong to someone. Mm. I belong to someone. I think one of the things that I've had to learn over my years of just trying to open up my life to the divine is that I grow in my understanding of who I am and whose I am. I was actually created for a purpose, and that purpose actually isn't a project. That purpose was relationship. So God made me for himself. And that's what I love about this, because I, I can sit back into that. It doesn't matter if I'm a success. It doesn't matter if I'm a failure. It doesn't matter if I'm why, in a good why, mood why or did bad. You, why did you point at me when you said failure? <laughs> you, said, you said, I don't mind <laughs> no, if I'm no, success. I'm success, but I'm a failure with my life. But do you know what? I think we all want to belong to someone. Mm. People are so lonely. And I feel like that's something quite internal, you know, something you feel internal. But I actually think, I'm, I'm trying to always keep it real in these podcasts, and that I think some people, maybe listeners for the first time, would have a bit of trouble with that about I'm someone's, you know, I belong to someone. I was created for something. I, I think that some people would, would would struggle with that. Some people would be going, oh, that's amazing. That's great. And I pray that everybody has that. But there will be a few. And I think that what I would say to those people, I wonder if you'll agree, Jill, is that that's something that comes with the more you explore. Because I find that the more you explore Jesus, the more you explore uh, the Bible, the more you have conversation. It doesn't even need to be like, oh, I've now read the whole Bible. It could just be conversations and opening up. And by just having those conversations, you're saying, God, I am here. I am acknowledging, I'm starting to acknowledge. You suddenly start feeling something internal, that kind of purpose, that kind of pull. Do, yeah, do you agree with that? I agree with that. But but I also think there's something about, do you know, I don't know if you ever experienced this, but think about you're in the schoolyard and they're picking sides for the rugby team, mm. right? And, you know, you just hate that. You kind of stand there and you wait for someone to choose you. And, you know, you know, I played rugby. I was not fast, but I could hit hard. <laughs> and, uh, and the worst team in the world, we lost all our games, but we had lots of fun. And, uh, but that, that moment of like, ah, I picked last again, you know? We've all had those experiences, haven't we? Yeah. And I think that what I get from this is God picks you first. You're his favorite. Yeah, yeah. And it's not because he needs you to do anything. It's just because he loves you and he wants you and he wants to love you. And that is the start of a really great relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I remember the first time a boy sent me a note. This is before like WhatsApp, you know, and so- Was there a time before WhatsApp people are saying, what do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) And so this little note got passed up and down, you know, the desks at school. And I think I was like 12 and I opened it up and it was from the little boy across and- I looked up and he looked at me and, you know, he wanted to cultivate a relationship with me more than he had now. And and there was my hope. I was like, somebody wants me, Yeah, yeah. you know? And I think it's that desire that we have to be known, to know someone, for someone to desire us, to long to be with us. I think that's a human 
desire across the board. And I think that's what this is talking about. Yeah, and I, I actually think that even if you sometimes want to be alone and pull yourself away, you're often hungry for a particular relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that was great. I, I could talk for you the, there's forever. There's a second part. Can I just quickly yeah, do the second part? Yeah, keep going. So God made me for God. And then, then number two, he hears me when I call. He hears me when I call, which means that he is always listening. He's always listening. And when you say call, that doesn't necessarily have to be a full-blown prayer, does it? <laughs> no. Can I? I want to tell a little story. Tell so, me. Okay, tell okay. us My all. very first prayer. Very first prayer. Okay. So I'm 14 years old. I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't know anything about anything. I went to a summer camp because one of the camp counselors looked like Sting. And I was in love with Sting at the time, you know, 14 years old. Well, and why wouldn't you be? I know. And they had water skiing. So, hey, it's all good. Sting and water skiing. Second last night of the camp, they say, go out by yourself and pray. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Mm. I had no idea. No clue. So I went out by myself. I sat under a tree. Here's my great prayer. You ready for this? Yeah. I looked up because I thought if there is a God, he's probably up. So I looked up and just said, hi, I'm Jill. That was it. Nice. Hi, I'm Jill. Just open the conversation. So that first, for, first ever prayer. So I have mentioned things like this a few times on this podcast, and I think that is the best start of a prayer. Yeah, just Be introduce yourself. Exactly. <laughs> not polite. that you need to. <laughs> not yet polite. <laughs> but it's not that you need to, but the fact is that you're basically saying, I'm acknowledging. Let's, you know, I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. Do you know... Um, Jen Baker. Do you know does that probably. name ring a bell to you? Yeah, you probably know Jen. She, um, we had a chat. So I always uh, said, you know, my relationship with God has, has always been there. My relationship with Jesus came a bit later on, right? Mm. And which I think is the same for a quite people, a lot of people, yeah. right? And I remember I was uh, recording Jen at Monkey Nut and and I remember sitting down. Bear in mind, I had to be like the producer here. I was supposed to be the one who was like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. And then one day I just sat down. I just had this feeling to do, and I just looked. I said, and I got quite emotional saying it. And it wasn't expected. I said, I don't get it. I said, I just struggling with it. Mm. And that was about having that relationship with Jesus. You know how it all fits in: the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. You know, which now I just love and adore. And she says that she goes running with Jesus every morning. I right? love that. She goes running with Jesus every morning. And he would have to slow down so much if he was running with me. <laughs> And uh, so I reached it. I'm born. Do you know what I did? I got in the car and my car was the right mess. Okay. It was like the chuck the equipment in the back of the car. Car. And what I did was I went to the, my passenger seat and this was my, the very, very start. I just cleaned it. I cleaned the passenger seat. I just cleared it all. And I said, right, Jesus. I said, let's do this. I said, you've always been there. I get it. You sit there. I'll do the talking. You do the listening. Let's see how it goes. And, but I think the point that I'm getting to is that when you just start, when you make that decision and say, hi, I'm Jill, you are opening up something, yep. which I'm just saying those few little words, just every day until you get more and more confident, something happens internally. It's this beautiful, almost like if you had a spider graph and you were just like one of those strings, you've been pulled to the middle. And I think that's lovely that you're not alone and I think it's great. I don't know if I explained that very well, but I think it's a beautiful feeling. Yeah. You know, I really do. Okay, moving on. It has now come to the time for... What, what does, does it mean? mean? I really <laughs> don't have a clue. So there we go. What does it mean? I really don't have a clue. And there are words that pop up, which I think Christians use, 
and they may not necessarily know what it means, but they wouldn't necessarily say it because they should know, so they kind of keep quiet. And it's stuff that needs conversation, but I also think they're conversation stoppers because some people think, oh, you know, I don't really know what that's all about. I'm just going to walk away from this conversation. Where they, Actually, where they should be is within that conversation. And they're just words we hear all the time. Now, a word for you is this is perfect for you. It's absolutely perfect. And I thought, could you please explain this in your own words? What does it mean? And... I think with yourself, I'm going to extend it and say what you have seen that it means for other people as well. So the word quite simply is prayer. What is prayer and what does that mean? Sure, I would define prayer as conversation and communion. And I'll talk about that more in a second. Conversation and communion with a God who is closer to you than you could ever imagine and who loves you more than you could ever dream. And so by conversation and communion, this is what I mean. When I first started dating my husband, he was a talker. Boy, he could talk. He would talk, 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 talk. <laughs> and you know, it's the typical, we're both like, he's at his house, I'm at my house, phones by my, you know, three in the morning, we're still talking. But the, you know, eventually we got married this year's 25 years, been married and- um, Congratulations. Thank you very much. And, and you know what? We don't talk so much anymore. We do enjoy conversation. However, we've gotten to know each other so well that we can sit in silence together, maybe just holding hands, you know, or maybe, you know, th there's this companionable silence. There's a communion of sorts that comes just out of time and depth of relationship. And so when I talk about prayer, I talk about conversation, talking and listening, and I talk about communion, just being with God, just being being in the presence of God who is present to you. Jesus talks about it in, he says, abide in me as I abide in you. He's talking, that's the communion. It's just hanging out together, not having to say anything. So that would be my definition of prayer. And that can look all kinds of ways. I think people think that prayer is, you know, a bunch of little old ladies in a circle with a long list, right? I mean, that's the, <laughs> the image that we get in prayer or, or some lady in a long skirt waving a flag around, depending on, you know, whatever you're, background is or isn't or or something you read on the back of a book you know and mm. and I think that it, in as much as my conversations with the people I love take a variety the way I communicate with the people I love take a variety of ways means and forms I think there's all kinds of ways that we can converse with and commune with God so I've got folks saying oh, I can't sit in the prayer room downstairs I'm just going to shrivel up and die man I need to get on my bicycle and I need to be going up and down these great roads in Surrey hopefully not getting killed by a lorry <laughs> but there's something that I find out in that space that helps me connect mm. right and other people are just in different ways. I, For me, people are like, oh, you're a prayer person. And I'm like, yeah, no, because I'm a musician, I'm, you know, and I did a lot of music at church. And I'm like, no, nah, I, I actually think the prayer people are people don't have any real skills. So we get them to pray because they don't know how to do anything, you know, anything useful. <laughs> and, uh, but I'm, I'm a singer, so I can do that. And then I discovered that in many, many traditions, people sing their prayers. I was like, wait a minute. Okay, well, if that is a way to connect with God, I can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. And so for me, that was kind of the on-ramp into the, I would say the highway, the motorway, you'd say here, right, of prayer. And and I think that one of the reasons why I work with 24-7 prayer is because they help people learn all kinds of prayer, all kinds of ways of being with God, not just one or two or three. And, and, I, and I just love it. Everybody's, you know, the whole love languages thing. There's a book about different love languages. Yeah, yeah. And 
you know, we've all got ways that we communicate to people. We love them. I was chatting with one of my friends here at Waverly Abbey about prayer. And she says, oh, she said, prayer prayer for me is easy. I just give God a thumbs up. <laughs> and that's her prayer. And I'm like, oh, I'm sure he totally loves that. Yeah, yeah. So I think we complicate it. And, and it's just like, let's just be with God in a way that feels natural to us and life-giving. And there's more ways than you think. I think that's fantastic. And if you are listening to that, I hope that comes as some peace to you that you can just do anything like put a thumbs up because that thumbs up is representing something within your heart you know that's more words than you can possibly say I think that's wonderful and I just I just want everyone to give it a go I I really do I just want everyone to give it a go because it's it's great that you know it's it is it is great and my friend Pete Gregg who leads 24-7 he says this about prayer and I love it he says keep it simple just keep it simple don't have to use flowery words, right? Keep it short. Anyway, keep it simple. Keep it real. Be authentic. And keep it up. Just keep trying. Keep yeah. it simple. Keep it real. Keep it up. Yeah. I'm not going to say uh, any, any names, but I was um, with some people once, and they, they were all like heading up uh, different churches and so forth. And I said, oh, okay, okay. before we get started, uh, I'd like to pray. Let's pray. And the comment I got was, oh, that's brave of you doing it in the front of all of us. You know, and I was there and I was like, I wish you hadn't said that because that's not the point, you know. And that isn't the point, you know. And like that, hi, it's Jill. I do it with my cup of coffee in the morning, just making a a drink in the morning and just saying thank you or, or, or saying look after my children or if something that's going on, just... Just giving thanks, I think, is a very, very good start as well. You know, it can be anything. It can be anything. The whole point is, is that we are all individual. We are all unique. We all have different things. But God knows that because we've all come from that. So do it your way, but just do it, Mm -hmm. you know. Okay, moving on. Brilliant answer, as always. It's now time for Splat the Nat. Yes, it's now come to the time for Splat the Nat. Have you noticed I just had a lot of fun with this? <laughs> I love that the buttons themselves are colourful. Yeah, yeah. There was a lady called uh, Lauren Windle. She's fantastic. And uh, uh, she's been on and she said, look at you taking us all back to the 90s. I was like, and I will. <laughs> and I will with my, you know, Saturday morning TV buttons, <laughs> you know, sound effects. Okay, splat the gnat. So the whole point of splat the gnat is that in life there are things that can pull us down they can sort of drag us and get hold of us and that could be trauma it could be a bit of road rage it, it could be anything and, and for, for anybody somebody eating the last bit of peanut butter in your jar why would you do that i know you know um, <laughs> but what i find is that that and people ref, refer to like a different thing you hear the terminology like evil one satan all this sort of stuff and i, I came to realize once that it's just a bit like a gnat the kind mm. of flies in front of your face it's this tiny thing isn't it? it's not like a you know, it's just hovering and you sort of swat it out the way. And though it could be a bad thought, you just swat it out the way, but it kind of comes back and just hovers there. But before long, you've made such a big deal of this gnat and you're jumping up, swatting it around, where what you can do is you can just swat that gnat and you can grab it and you can take that up to God and say, God, I'm handing this to you. Now, I know you're, that's not been taken away. I know I've got to deal with that, but this will take away that film in front of my eyes. I can move forward have my day, be the best I can be, but we can deal with that together. Yeah. Hands God, and we can deal with that together. So my question to you is, if you could splat any gnat, what would that gnat be? 
In my own life? It doesn't matter. Any now. It doesn't matter. Mm. I hate double standards in myself, in other people. And so inequality in terms of it's like, oh, it's all right for me because I'm privileged, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and but, you know, you don't deserve the same kind of treatment. I think that's something that gets my goat. And, and for me, I realize I'm white, middle class, semi-educated. I carry a lot of privilege, a yeah. lot of privilege that I'm largely unaware of and, and probably kind of leaks out of me in really unfortunate ways. And so that bugs me. I try and find ways to give power away. So, I, yeah, I don't like inequity of power. That's a gnat that I would love to see splatted. Do you know what? I'll splat that with you. Yeah, yeah. It was a splat. There you go. I just splatted it. <laughs> no, I, I, love, I love that. I like to think that we're moving forward. I really pray that we do. We move forward away from that as well. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Before we kind of uh, call it a day, I've got like a little kind of quick fire game. It's just three questions. Some people get them. Sometimes they're easier. Sometimes they're difficult. And sometimes people get ones where it's like, what did Jesus walk on to get out to the boat? You know, so it's like, you know. It's, <laughs> but the whole point is, is that is, I love this because it's kind of a bit of learning for me as well, you know, or, or remembering, of course. So it's something we can all do together. And if it resonates with anyone, they can then go away and explore that a bit further. So I've got three questions for you. Right. Don't right. worry if you get any of them wrong. Some some people, I mean, I've had people who go, oh yeah, I should get it all right. They got them all wrong. <laughs> got them all wrong. I'll say what I'm, I'll say the question. Then you'll hear a little bit of sound. Yes, another button. It's the purple button. And then when you'll hear a bit of music, when that finishes, if you can give an answer. If you can expand on the answer, even better. Okay? Great. All right, brilliant. Loving that. Question number one. When the Lord banished Cain from Eden... Where did Cain go? <laughs> okay. What's the answer? I think a city, but I'm not sure. The uh, land of? Nod. Nod. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's you can like have this. the land of, and he's nodding. <laughs> <laughs> the land of Nod. Uh, which, which says here... <laughs> We're here to help. You're going to help. <laughs> uh, the, which is, uh, it says here, east of Eden. Genesis chapter 4, verse 16. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Well done. Fantastic. Okay, so question number two. When God was going to wipe humanity from the earth, who found favor in God's eyes? So... Question number two. When God was going to wipe humanity from the earth, who found favour in God's eyes? A dude named Noah. It was Noah. A dude (laughs) named Noah. Why do you think that the story of Noah is a particular story that everyone seems to know about? If you think of the Bible, that one is really prominent, I think because when we were growing up, there was a boat and there was animals and I think... (laughs) (laughs) When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I actually did read the Bible a little bit. I thought the New Testament was super boring as a child because it was just people talking. The Old Testament had like battles and had animals and stuff. And so, no, I and I and I think there's there's something in the theme of that story around God's favor, God going, "Okay, I've picked you, right? There's something about you that I like. So let's let's do this." Number 2, God's protection in the midst of cataclysm. And then number three, kind of an opportunity for a new beginning. And I think those are really interesting themes in that story that are universal themes for us. Yeah, absolutely. And there's all these songs we used to sing in the in assembly and things like that. 
Who built the ark? Noah, Noah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, this is a sing-along if you know it at home. Okay, fantastic. That's a two out of two, or one and a half out of two. Yes, was <laughs> okay, right. This is one of my favorite things to say. I say this every morning. Actually, you know, I can't lie. Most mornings, you know. Finish this, and where is it from, okay? This is the day the Lord has made got to finish it and then tell me where it's from. So this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad with it. Absolutely. In, in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's actually quite, it's actually quite, oh, look, look my uh, U Bible app. You Bible app has just popped up there. Yeah, it's one of the Psalms, which yeah. is quite relevant to uh, what you were saying earlier, earlier. And I love this. I've actually got a book with that on the front, uh, Psalm 118, verse 24. And for me, you know what you were saying about the scripture earlier on? That kind of means something similar to me. This is the day the Lord has made, so I'll, I'll rejoice and be glad in it, right? And I love that because for me, it's just saying, wow, this, is, this has been made, you know, for us. I'm, 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 there's so much to be grateful for, especially when you're saying about, you know, like privilege and, and things like that. It's like, I, I'm going to be glad for that. I'm going to be grateful yeah, for that. Yeah. I think it's a great psalm, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Isn't a great thing to say? Let's talk about your book before I go, because there's actually a song uh, that goes with it. And is there anywhere where people can hear the song? Because I remember you sang it when we recorded it afterwards, and I loved it. Yeah, it's on Spotify. It's called Even the Sparrow. Yeah, It's the name of the book, too. Even the Sparrow, A Pilgrim's Guide to Prayer, Trust, and Following the Leader. And basically, the book is about how I learned how to talk to God, how I learned how to listen to His voice, and then actually— is not only sort of beginning the conversation with him, but giving him permission then to take me on a journey. And I think one of the phrases from that book that stuck with me and stuck lots with lots of people is, okay, God, the answer is yes. Now what's the question? Mm-hmm. What can happen if I give God permission to do whatever it is he wants to do yeah, yeah. in and through me? And then just see where that goes. It's a crazy experiment. It has been for me a... Uh, when I meet Jesus. So probably a 40-year experiment. And I'm still just shaking my head going, I can't believe that just happened. Wow. You know, so yeah, it's just been really, really interesting. And, you know, I think about Jesus calling the disciples. First of all, he said, come to me. So this is, God made us for himself. He's saying, come to me. I want to be with you. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then he sets them, and then he says, I'll make you, which means come to me and we're just going to work on who you are because probably there's some room for improvement. <laughs> Lisa, it's for me. <laughs> Come in me and I will make you. And then he puts them on a particular trajectory, right? Fishers of men. And so I think that for me, has that's what the book is about in terms of God inviting me to himself, God then shaping me and reshaping me where I really was misshapen and shaping me into a way that provided for more peace and more flourishing in my life. And then setting me on a trajectory then to begin to share that with other people. Wonderful. Well, if you've uh, been listening today, I really hope you have enjoyed the podcast. Remember that you can uh, follow us on our social media channels and do share it with your friends. And remember to use hashtag oof, outskirts of faith. That's my favorite thing to say. (laughs) Hashtag oof. Best hashtag ever. I love it. I love it. But before we close it down, I just want to just talk one more time just to mention. So there's Lectio 365. It's an app. It's free. 
You can use it in the morning, use it in the evening. It's there for you. It's short, like you said, it's bite size. Yeah. You know, you can be in your chuck, chuck your headphones on, chuck in your pods, whatever you're using, or have it out loud, you know, whatever you want to do. But give it a go. Give it a go, like all the people who are. It's fantastic. Of course, let's just push them in a direction. So once they go to the Waverly Abbey website, there was a particular place they should go Abbey to. Abbey Life. Abbey Life, okay? So if you go to the um, Waverly Abbey website.org, yeah. 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 Go and explore that as well. There's some really amazing stuff happening here. Jill, I feel like there's always so much I want to talk to you more about. I hope you come back sometime and do it again. Before we go, I'd love it if you could close us down in prayer and then I'll just pick it up at the end. Very good. I can do that. Thank you. God, we are so grateful that you made us, that you want us, that you want to be in relationship with us. God, I just pray for everybody who's listening, whether they're feeling like they're pushing out away from who you are or leaning in close, Lord, that they would sense your love, your presence, your desire for a relationship. Yeah. Lord, may their eyes and hearts be opened to you who created and loves them. Mm. And Lord, we just, I, I'm just re- remembering how your followers, mostly they said, Jesus, teach us to pray. And so I just pray for all of us that, that you would teach us how to pray, that we could grow in our communication and our communion with you and receive your love and experience your nearness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And Father, I just want to give sincere thanks for everybody at 24-7 Prayer and the work that's going on around the world. I pray for everybody here at Waverly Abbey and all the volunteers and everybody that's moving Waverly Abbey forward and and for all the people who have been with Waverly Abbey for a long time and throughout the years and the great work that they're doing. I ask that more people come here and that they learn to be closer to you, Lord, and that they have voices that they may go forth and talk about it, talk about their experiences and, and share the joy of getting to know you. I pray for Jill and all her volunteers and the work that she's doing. And I ask it. I just pray for huge blessings and just for the Holy Spirit just to fill that prayer room and, and all the other prayer rooms that are being built and all the future work. And I pray for everybody listening to this podcast and to their friends and their family, that they may get to know you, that they may say, hi, my name is and start that relationship. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Do follow us on our social media. Do share it with your friends. And we'll see you next time on the Outskirts of Faith podcast. Hashtag oof. You've been listening to the Outskirts of Faith podcast. We would love more people to join our community. So please subscribe, share this podcast and join us on our social media. And of course, you can visit our resource website at outskirtsoffaith.com. This podcast was edited by Chris Byland, the YouTube video editing by Adam Moss, music by Matthew Salvage, and hosted by Elliot Frisbee. The Outskirts.